Welcome back to The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. My name is Sonny Bunch. I'm culture editor at The Bulwark. Uh, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by my friend uh, and uh, writer at The Washington Post, uh, reporter on video games, Gene Park. Gene, thank you for being on the show today. Mr. Sonny Bunch, it's been a few years in the making, to, uh, but this is uh, the first time we've ever spoken and the first time we were actually able to see each other on camera. Uh, for audio listeners, we're actually uh, uh, video chatting here. So, uh, yeah, you know, long time admire. Some, you, you are sometimes quite right. Oh, wow. That's, you're really underselling things here. This is, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's not fair. No, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have Gene on because Gene is, uh, one of the only people I read on a regular basis on video games. Um, cause I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm not a gamer. I would not describe myself as a gamer, but I, I do occasionally play video games. I feel like that's an important distinction. Um, to, to make here, uh, to the extent that I, I, I started playing the Resident Evil 4 remake last night, Gene, uh, and I'd forgotten that that first big village fight is not winnable. It's just a, it's just a timed thing. So I kept getting very, very frustrated, even though I've played this game before. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was, uh, just a reminder that I'm so bad at these things, uh, that I, I should leave it to the pros. Um, but we have Gene on today to talk about video game movies, which is a topic I am really interested in right now because it feels like and this is what I this is what I said to Gene in the the pitch to come on the show it feels like we're at an inflection point with the critical uh and audience success of The Last of Us which is of course based on a video game a huge hit on HBO HBO Max etc um and uh about in about a week we're going to have the new uh, Super Mario Brothers movie which Every box office analyst I've seen thinks it's going to do huge, enormous business. I mean, it's, there's no kids' movies out. It's going to be it's going to be a big hit. Um, it feels like we're right at the same moment as uh, we were in 2008 when The Dark Knight and Iron Man both dropped um, in theaters in pretty short pretty short proximity, close proximity to each other, and like completely altered the landscape of movies. The business of movies. I really feel like we're right there for video games. Is that is that the sense you get too, as a as a gamer, as somebody who watches both movies and video game and plays video games? Is that is that the feeling you have? That actually it feels very correct. Um, and we were all there uh, during the, the the height of the Dark Knight. Uh, well, Batman Begins or Batman Begins and and Iron Man and everything. And you know, uh, it showed kind of two different paths to to have comic book movies. I think Hollywood has kind of seen uh, that there is a, a a limit to how many comic book stories you can tell. Uh, you can hear hear that in the discourse about Marvel fatigue. Um, and as a longtime comic book reader, there is a certain point where you kind of just got, get kind of tired of reading the stories. So I do feel like Hollywood is kind of seeing like, okay, well, maybe what's what's the next big thing? Uh, video games are clearly much bigger in terms of pop culture impact uh, than comic books. Uh, they're a much bigger business than comic books. Um, so how do we start adapting these these games into uh, IP, into expandable IP? Um, and so then you get that with The Last of Us with HBO, which was a critical and commercial hit. And I agree with the analysts. I, I believe Super Mario Brothers movie, you know, there's been talk about how there's very little kids movies out in theaters right now. Super Mario is going to be that movie. And, uh, you know, I expect it to make it a billion dollar, a billion dollar box office easily. It's going to be huge. Um, and uh, it really goes to, sh they both kind of illustrate a lot of like the past that video game adaptations can can uh, can take moving forward. Um, the Last of Us is a very linear story, uh, but it's 
it was very faithful to the game, and that's something that I think a lot of uh, game players have been asking for, uh, to please just kind of hew close to the source material. Um, and we've not really gotten that. Um, most recent infamous example, speaking of Resident Evil, is the Netflix show uh, Resident Evil. Or, and there's also the Halo show uh, by Paramount+. Plus. Um, and both of those properties really, really diverge from the source material to the point where it's pretty unrecognizable. And then you start you start to wonder, you know, well, if the base if this is gonna, if this isn't going to please the base, would it please the, the the quote unquote broader audience, which is what they what they were trying to go for? And I think that's a fundamental mis- fundamental misunderstanding of why these games were so popular in the first place. Um, and also, you know, we can talk more about it later, but also the difficulty in adapting the video game format to a linear filmic uh, storytelling format. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting to to think about the the plea from fans for faithfulness to the material, because, again, this is something that you heard a lot of from uh, people who love comic books and were constantly frustrated by some of the comic book movies that were um, coming out before the rise of the MCU. I mean, you know, like Spider-Man was pretty faithful to to uh, to those movies, um, you know, but then you you'll get stuff like The Punisher, right? The the Thomas Jane John Travolta Punisher, which like moved the action to Miami. It was like a lot of pastels and hues and stuff, and like people 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 were like, well, why even bother making it a Punisher movie if you're gonna if you're gonna do this? And it's it is the same thing with with uh, with video game films. I mean, I do think that you get you 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 if you if you can't capture that that hardcore base of fans, why even bother adapting the material in the first place? Yes. Yeah, exactly. That, that That's what you're catering to. That's that's the whole reason why you, you got that IP in the first place, to cater to the millions of fans that already exist. You know, it's already a built-in audience. And uh, it's surprising how many studios could just kind of miscalculate that. Um, but also, it, it, again, it goes back to how difficult uh, it is to interpret these games into a movie. Because to be quite frank, a lot of the video game stories aren't really that great in terms of stories. You know, uh, Resident Evil 4, we were talking about Resident Evil 4. The original Resident Evil 4 in 2005, uh, the story was famously written in two weeks. And it sure sounds like it. Uh, it's about uh, one man being sent into rural Spain to save the president's daughter from a zombie cult. And, you know, uh, just right there, you can already tell that it's already been written in two weeks. And it was, and, this, and the director, Shinji Mikami, uh, also said that the story is not the most important part. That, that it should be fun. The gameplay mechanics should be fun. And it turned out it was. Resident Evil 4 is uh, one of the most influential video games of all time. I like to liken it to, like, you know, the, the Terminator 2 of, of video games, you know, uh, highly influential. Um, and... Uh, you see that with Resident Evil on Netflix, and they try to tell a whole story. But you see that even in the faithful adaptations of Resident Evil, like the Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, by the way, I've watched every single video game movie ever made, ever made. Okay. Uh, I actually wrote an article about uh, about uh, Oscars, like you know, Oscars for video game movies throughout, throughout history. Um, and I gave uh, the Resident Resident Evil director Paul Anderson uh, the Best Director uh, Award. Uh, because it's 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 Oscars, so you give awards to to people when they're like very late in their career, and you're like, okay, well, we forgot about you. Sorry, Jamie Lee Curtis. Here you go. You know. <laughs> well, I and he he also, of course, famously directed uh, Mortal Kombat, the first Mortal Kombat, which was uh, which I think has been reevaluated over the years. You know, is now appreciated for the for the classic um, that it that it is. Uh, which is, I, I mean, faithfulness is an interesting thing because I do think that, um, 
I mean, look, my I think the 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 best example of a uh, video game series that has been faithful-ish, but still succeeded as storytelling and as action filmmaking is those Resident Evil movies. I mean, I think that 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 you know, obviously, there's a big it strays pretty pretty far from the games because it's telling its kind of own story. Um, but it still has you know, you still have your little your little flourishes here and there. Um, but The Last of Us, again, very different. It's a very tight adaptation, very, very close to the source. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of a book adaptation, like the kind of thing you would see from like, you know, like, oh, this is uh, Pride and Prejudice by, by Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh, and it's a very faithful adaptation to the book or whatever. I don't know if Kenneth Branagh ever did a Pride and Prejudice movie, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like like a Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare movie, right. you know, uh, sure. where, which are very, very uh, faithful to those books and to, to those scripts. And I always likened The Last of Us to kind of like a theater production. Um, and uh, that's what they're doing. They, they, they made a whole TV production out of it. And they hew very close to the scripted lines. I think a lot of people were quite surprised. Uh, people who don't play games were a little quite surprised at the, at the strength of the, the writing and the, the emotionality of, of the characters. And I say, yeah, this, this game is old, you know, like, like we've already we've already kind of gone past this or have we? I don't know. The Last of Us was 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 quite seminal. So, well, it's, it's interesting, too. I mean, you so you've now lived through two cycles of Last of Us debates uh, with the, the game uh, when it when it came out. And now and now with the show, what was the difference in reaction, uh, do you think, from from gamers who played the game and, and got through the whole thing and got to that that fat that last sequence in the in the hospital and uh people who watched it on tv without having played played the game did you did you notice any any real um split in in opinions there not really uh i do feel like because i was watching a lot of youtube reactors who had never played the game before who watched the show so a lot of the plot twists and events that happened in the game uh, were new to them so it was interesting to see the reactions and it was quite similar to the popular reaction to the last of us um, in terms of they were very surprised, uh, they were very intrigued, they loved talking about and debating the, the, the moral ramifications of whatever happened in the finale. Uh, you know, we don't have to talk about spoilers. but um, And uh, it was also interesting because, like, you know, there's been kind of a weird critical backlash against The Last of Us. Uh, and I think it's probably because, you know, Craig Mazin, the showrunner, has been going around saying this is the greatest video game story ever ever told. And, it, you know, that, that, that's, hi- that's hyperbolic, of course. Uh, but you know it's also fine for someone to believe that because it is a good story, um, and it's it's been interesting to see a critical kind of backlash to the game uh, over the years. A lot of game journalists or a lot of game critics don't really hold The Last of Us in that high of a regard. Uh, I hold it a little bit higher than they do. Uh, it's not one of my favorite games of all time, but I do appreciate what it tried to do for for the storytelling of, of video games. And it was also interesting to see some critical backlash to. The show as well, but it was very minimal, though. For, for the for the most part, a lot of people seem to be very impressed. And I think a lot of that came from the strength of the performers. The, the performers, you know, you like no matter what you feel about the story, you can't really knock Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey for how they were able to portray the characters. And again, that's how I look at. It. I think I, I feel like that, that they were putting on a stage play for us. You know, this is the, the Last of Us, the classic story, and now here it is being performed by these two seminal uh, uh, actors. You know. Yeah, let's let's uh, talk a little bit about what uh, studios who are who are looking to make some of these games sh- should be attempting to do. Because I mean, I do think you have you you we we have a very good example again uh, of a movie coming up here where 
you know, the, the story is not necessarily the biggest part of it. Uh, it's, it's based on, you know, kind of IP and recognizable figures, and that's the Super Mario Brothers movie. I mean, if anyone, anyone who's played Super Mario Brothers, I played Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3, you know, growing up, that was, those were, those were my games. It's a simple game. It's a lot of jumping, a lot of, a lot of, you know, breaking blocks. There is a story. It's a very basic story. It's save the princess, you know, save the world. Um, uh, and... Uh, you know, and obviously there's been more Super Mario Brothers games over the years that have kind of built the mythology or whatever, but, you know, you don't need to do what the live-action uh, movie did, uh, which is in, invent a whole bunch of nonsense. There's, there's, it's, there's enough basic story there to just kind of use what they have, right? Is that what studios should be trying to do here, is to, to stick to the... stick to what, what has worked in the games without... Um, I guess I I guess without uh, I I don't know how you do that without having the playability factor. I guess is my my question here. I mean I like is there something inex in inseparable um, of the video game experience uh, in terms of playing and watching? Yeah, I think it goes to a certain type of feeling. Uh, uh, from what I, I haven't seen a Mario movie yet, I, I do plan to see it uh, pretty soon. Uh, uh, coming up in, in a preview. Uh, pre-screening and uh, I haven't seen any but what we've seen so far it seems to really capture the kind of the spirit or the feeling of Mar- of Mario more than you know uh, you're right that there's Mario doesn't really have a story uh, and it's been very very much like Resident Evil it's been very much deprioritized in terms of making the games the, the game is more about a feeling like like feeling joyful feeling fun feeling playful and I think that's what the what that's what a movie like the Mario movie should do, and that's why the Sonic the Hedgehog movies were so successful, uh, even though they, they they didn't Sonic the Hedgehog again is a very similar story to Mario. Like your Sonic is rescuing the animals from the evil uh, the robot doctor, right? And uh, they managed to kind of turn that and turn it into kind of like a joyful, innocent story about you know like doing the right thing and everything. Obviously, it's a very kid's movie and it's a very simple message, but like that message was very simple and it resonated very strongly throughout the entire themes of the movie uh, in terms of the performances, uh, you know... Um, oh God, what, I'm, I forget, I'm forgetting his name, uh, who, was, who was the star of the Sonic movie, but, you know, the guy who plays Cyclops. Jim Carrey. Or, oh, James Marsden. James Marsden, yes, Marsden. James Marsden, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the poor cowboy who dies in Westworld. Sorry for Westworld's, Westworld spoilers. Uh, and and Jim Carrey as well, and they both were able to kind of capture the innocence and energy of of the Sonic the Hedgehog movies or the games without really being too referential to the games. They were able to do their own spin on Jim Carrey was able to do his own spin on the Doctor Robotnik character. Uh, the in the game he's very different, and in the movie they turned him into a very traumatized orphan who was kind of acting out his acting out his, his, his trauma uh, against the world and that was fun and that was interesting and uh, I think it's all about capturing the feel because one of the biggest criticisms of the Halo Paramount Plus show is that it really didn't feel like Halo much at all mm-hmm. it only had two big action sequences they were very very short and contained um, and uh, you know Master Chief uh, has sex in the TV in the TV show, and as far as we know, he's a virgin in the game. So like already there, the vibes are completely thrown off. You know, it's like yeah. uh, like why is our hero having sex? Like like he should not be interested in any of this. You know, yeah. <laughs> so like th- that for me, like I I for me personally, I kind of enjoyed the Halo show for how different it was, and like you know they were dramatizing a lot of things, and it was very melodramatic and it was interesting, and it wasn't until Master Chief had a sex scene with uh, a prisoner of war. I don't know if you've seen the show, but uh, 
No, I have not. I've not watched. Yeah, it. they they had a woman who who was a human who was on the on the alien side, and she was a prisoner of war. And then he just goes to her room and just like, like you know, sleeps with her, and you see it, and it's yeah. just like this is extremely jarring. This is like not, this is nothing like the game at all. Uh, yeah. the, and like again, the vibes were completely thrown off for me and for for a lot of people too. Like that was a, a breaking point for a lot of people. Where it's like, okay, this is not the show that 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 that, that this is not a Halo show. Um, and so I think it really is about trying to capture a feeling. What's what's the difference in your mind between uh, animation and live action for some of these things? Because I, I do feel like uh, animation animation is almost preferable. Uh, certainly, certainly has been done better uh, with uh, particularly some of the older um, uh, properties. You know, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie that's coming out apparently again very good. People seem to people seem to be buzzing about it. But uh, but an- which is animated uh, or the Castlevania show on on Netflix, which is much much beloved. People people uh, like it a lot, um, and is is again it's animated, but it's based on an older property. I mean, is that is that a do you do you think that some of the stigma on animation is going away um, in terms of you know things things people are willing to watch and give credit. Uh, to for being quite good. Yeah, I think the institutions still have a lot of catching up to do. The Oscars, or even the mainstream media, including us in the Washington Post, like we don't cover anime, uh, even though anime is clearly you know a, a pop pop culture phenomenon for the past two decades. Um, but we still don't ha- don't rarely cover anime. It was a huge deal when uh, Goku from Dragon Ball Z during the Macy's Day Parade showed up on the front page of the New York Times. I was like, wow, this is huge. <laughs> you know, acknowledgement finally. From 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 the gray lady, uh, but in terms of the regular pop culture, in terms of like like on the ground on boots on the ground like people, uh, there's a wide acceptance of of, of animation. Uh, you see that all over YouTube, where where you know people you don't expect, or you you wouldn't typically expect to watch and cartoons are just watching cartoons and loving it, crying over it and everything, um, and. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people love watching those shows with, with these uh, Twitch streamers and YouTubers as well. So um, that's one example. But again, like these shows are very popular; they, they do very well, um, and uh, they they deal with a lot of adult, uh, interesting uh, topics. And part of the strength of animation is that it can portray things that live action can struggle to. You know, um, it's a lot cheaper to, to to do animation, even though animation is also very expensive uh, and it's a lot of work yeah. too. But it it you know the Last of Us season two isn't we're not going to see that for another two years man like right. it's ridiculous right right uh, but that's fine because it, this isn't like Seinfeld where they can just like shoot in an apartment and then like you know and just be back okay we'll be back in a couple months with more shows you know uh, with animation it's a little different in that you know like Castlevania was able to come out like like in an annual basis and that was fun and that was great and we didn't have to to wait too long um so animation does provide a lot of strength storytelling strength uh that uh, live action typically doesn't and it's easier i mean going back to the vibes question it's easier to capture the vibes uh of something like castlevania or super mario brothers in what is closer to its native format which is you know animation, animation. yeah video games are animation basically you, you need animators you every video game would need an animator so uh let me um uh let's 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 talk about the history of video game adaptations for for a bit here because i am uh i i, I two things two things always kind of annoy me one is when you know people say oh well no no video game movie has ever been a success like they didn't make seven resident evil movies cuz they all failed 
you they know were wildly like, successful <laughs> like like it's not this is you i don't know what world you live in but you know it's not all ua bowl adaptations of of you know uh, you know, whatever. Um, there, there's like a, there is an actual industry here. But the one that, the, the thing I always forget, I always forget this until I look at the chart, is that the most successful video game movie of all time, of course, is Warcraft. Um, and that was driven entirely, almost entirely, by the the massive success of that film in China, um, where it did huge, huge box office. Um, it, what was it about? What was it about Warcraft? Do you think that appealed to the Chinese market and uh, is, is, is it interesting to you? Because it's kind of interesting to me that there is there's has been no movement whatsoever on a sequel. Like, I, I don't think we're ever going to get one. doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be happening. That is fascinating. And it does speak to a lot of the Chinese audience uh, because you can't really account for taste. Right. Like, it wasn't a very good movie. And uh, but the Chinese audience seems to really love uh, bombastic special effects laden films you know uh, the transformers movies were famously crazy successful there too mm-hmm. um and so i i think part of that is also like a lot of people in china love to play fantasy role-playing games um you know uh, genshin impact is a free-to-play role-playing game that that is made in china and it's also extremely popular in china um and uh you know Chinese audiences, they love mobile games too. Um, so I think, and a lot of those games are based around fantasy. So I do think that World of Warcraft kind of touched on a lot of those, a lot, lot, hit a lot of those touchstones of being really special effects laden, being a big Hollywood movie, being, you know, easily uh, shippable and distributable to throughout China without any kind of like political messaging that they needed, they needed to fix up or anything like that. It was a very clean movie. Um, and uh yeah and it and it appealed to people who just love like fantasy epics you know um you know and, and even chinese dramas are very fantasy epic driven you know um so it does feel like that it kind of catered to them pretty well over there but it was it, it, it's interesting and it, I, I don't know why there is no sequel um yeah i th- that's a good question i have no idea yeah. why yeah, no, I mean, it's a, a, a part. I mean, part of the problem, I'm sure, is that, you know, being a big hit in China is nice, but it's also not great for American based studios because uh, the Chinese partners keep a much higher percentage of the the box office revenue. So, like, if you make two hundred million dollars in China, you're only bringing, you know, 20 or 30 million of that back home, which is obviously a problem. Um, but you know, it, it's just, it's, it is interesting. I, 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 I think about that kind of think about that too much, frankly, uh, considering, you know, how bad the movie actually, it's not even a bad movie. It's, it's a very weird movie. What did you, what did you actually make of? I, I just did didn't you... like think of it. Like it was, just, it was fine. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like terrible, you know, but it was just like, like, I, I don't remember anything from it. Like I watched the Uncharted movie too, I, like with Tom Holland. I don't remember anything from it. A lot of these movies like, they're just, they just kind of happen, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like they're fine movies. The, the the movies I remember the most are the ones that are really either really bad or really good. You know. Well, that's. I mean, that is like uh, that's another sign of maturation. I think of the the uh, video game as IP is that like you know most blockbusters are just, just fine. fine. Yeah, most, exactly. Most most blockbusters are competent. Like Rampage. Rampage competent. It was fi- a nice little star vehicle for the rock. I enjoyed the you know. Uh, 110 minutes or whatever I was in the theater, but I have literally never thought about it since writing and podcasting about it, you know, years ago. Exactly. Yeah. I watched it. I was like, I, like I was on my phone half the time, you know, uh, 
And uh, you know, it, it's it's a movie like Assassin's Creed, which which was starring Michael Fassbender, which is just so awful. The editing is awful. Like it makes me want to vomit. Like it physically makes me ill. You know. Um, and sometimes there's just movies that just do that. You know. I'm fascinated with the with the, this whole uh, recent uh, trend in films of having a biopic about stuff. And uh, one movie that we're that's coming up this week on uh, this Friday on Apple is the, the Tetris movie. Um, and I th- I would be interested to see more biographical films that are that 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 look into the creation of a video game. You know, um, well, well, this is an interesting trend as well, right? So you've got Tetris, but you've also have Mythic Quest. You know, Mythic Quest, the show on Apple TV Plus. Have you have I you watched Mythic Quest? Okay, well, so Mythic Quest is great, um, and it and it follows uh, uh, folks who are who are making a like massive you know MMO RPG. And then you also have, you know, like Silicon Valley, which is kind of in the same-ish world of uh, of video games and that sort of stuff. Um, but it's interesting that we are getting we're we are also currently getting a lot of adaptations or you know originals or whatever about the world of video games in addition to actual video game adaptations. Yeah, the Tetris movie is fascinating uh, and it's unique because uh, have you heard of the story behind Tetris? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it involves like the KGB and the fall of the, the fall of Mikhail Gorbachev and the Soviet Union and everything like that. Uh, but you know, like even a movie about the creation of like Sonic the Hedgehog or you know, Mar- even Super Mario would be interesting. You know, uh, it's a fascinating movie moment in the in the Tetris movie when the Nintendo General Counsel unveils uh, the Game Boy like it's in like like he's Oppenheimer. You know, <laughs> uh, and you know. Those kind of dramatizations were the, the the Tetris movie is really fun um, because of how how it just dramatizes the, the the event of finding Tetris and the unveiling of the Game Boy and the unleashing of the Game Boy upon, upon the world. Um, it makes it really fun and it, it gives video games uh, like a really nice shining light within like the history of pop culture in general. You know. Yeah, it, it is interesting too. I mean, again, it's. Uh... You know, it, it that movie is at least at least fifty percent. You know, uh, almost a heist movie, like corporate corporate intrigue, uh, a heist movie sort of thing. In addition to being about this game that really did, I, don't know, I mean, change the world as a big 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 uh, phrase, but it really so, did. It sold half uh, a billion copies. That's a lot. You know. That's a lot. That's a lot. A lot of people played that game. All right. So let's talk. Let's one of the, one of the things I mentioned to you before we did the show was I, a thing I hate is when people say nobody uh, has ever made a good video game movie or show or anything like that. It just is. It is. It is untrue. Uh, and uh, and while you know many of them have been bad, there there are some good ones out there. Uh, Gene, what is your favorite video game adaptation, either for film, TV, what or whatever? Uh, it would have to be Castlevania, uh, as we sp- we spoke about. Um, I really love, uh, you know, Castlevania is another game where the story was not that important. It's just about a, a, du- a family of dudes uh, who are going to kill Dracula. That's it. Dracula has appeared again every hundred years, and then and then the descendants of this family have to uh, just got to go to the castle and just kill him. That's it. Um, and they were able to kind of create this entire like Game of Thrones esque story about like. Dracula's war council and like you know the, the the political intrigue among this world of vampires and how they were trying to backstab each other it was fascinating stuff and it was very adult stuff too um that and you know uh I also gave Mortal Kombat the best movie uh Oscar quote-unquote Oscar because you know like I I feel like 
it was kind of the first movie to kind of make us feel like it captured that spirit of the game, you know. Um, when I watched it in theaters when I was a kid, and I was like, "This is this is great. This is the best thing I've ever seen." You know, uh, it was it's a bit like the TMN that that, that TMNT movie, the, the very first one that kind of that kind of hewed very close to like the the, the original comics, uh, the, the the inspiration of the comics. Like it felt like a Daredevil movie, you know, in in some parts. Um, and you know, like it's more we need more movies like that where that again that that capture that energy, you know. Um, well- yeah, I mean, Mortal Kombat was interesting too because I mean, like you would think. I mean, look, we have a whole we have a whole genre of this sort of movie: the Bruce Lee martial arts tournament. Mortal Kombat was just copied by was just copying the Bruce Lee template. That's it, you know. Yeah, it, like it. I, I I don't know. I I am a sucker. I also saw Mortal Kombat in theaters and remember coming out of it and being like, "Yes, this is amazing. This is this is what movies were meant to be." Yes, you know, exactly. Was, this is what movies are meant to be. To, to suspend our disbelief. See some cool, cool stuff happen on screen. A lot, of, a lot of cool magic. That's that's exactly what we want, you know. I will say, all right. I will, I will. My own, my own pick though for best uh, video game adaptation is actually uh, Silent Hill, which I, I am very fond of. I think Silent Hill is not, is not, it's not a great movie exactly, but it is a very effective horror movie. It's like got great atmosphere. It's got some great character design. Obviously, baller, borrowed a lot from. The video games, I have no idea how closely it hues to the games because I haven't I haven't played the games. Um, but just as a movie qua movie, it it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not great, not perfect by any means, but like pretty good. I I liked it too. It, it, it was actually a little horrifying. It was actually more horrifying than I expected. You know, it was uh, Silent Hill was not a gory uh, film, but that film uh, it's not a gory game. It's more psychological. But that film was pretty gory. Uh, but uh, but it, I re- I still remember it to this day, and I and I do remember that it did capture the vibes pretty well. It was just it was just that the story wasn't that great, you know, and some of the performances yeah. uh, were like you know like a little off kilter. The, the main character was a woman. I think uh, I remember that she was the 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 the, the, the gender of the character changed because it was originally a male, uh, but the director felt that it, it felt a little weird for a man to be scared. And it's like, okay, well, you know, men could be scared too, especially in the sight of certain horrors that you see in Silent Hill. But okay. Uh, So that was an interesting change. Uh, But it did actually hew fairly close to the game story. Um, And and I think that's why most people, it it wasn't received critically well when it was released, but I think a lot of people have kind of like Mortal Kombat kind of kind of reevaluated and said, like, you know what that that wasn't a bad movie that, that that it did a lot of things really well in terms especially in terms of the visual presentation the art design the set design the special effects uh, the costuming that that director is very i mean uh, the the director is uh i think he also did uh Brotherhood of the Wolf right yeah, Pac- Brotherhood Pac- of the Wolf, yeah, loops yeah. very stylish, uh, stylish that movie was, too i right so he like he has that he has that whole vibe down it is good i will say the one of the worst com- uh video game movies that i have ever seen was the sequel to Silent Hill however the Silent Hill Revelations 3D which stars uh, Sean Sean Bean and also uh the the one of the one of his uh, uh, kids from Game of Thrones uh, was in. I just like I was like, oh man, this is. I, I I remember watching it and thinking like, I hope this is as good as the first. It was not. Yeah, yeah. That's what, again. I, that's another movie I checked out, which is why I I, I said I remember the first Silent Hill movie. You know, because it was interesting. There was a lot of interesting visuals. There were there were things that that it showed you that sticks in your mind, and Revelations did not do that too. Yeah. 
Revelations is also funny. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I have my only one thought on Revelations is it's a very, it's an interesting movie because it's the most boring, blandly shot, like really kind of lazily made movie for 95% of it, except there's one scene with Malcolm McDowell, who's the guy who was uh, Alex in A Clockwork Orange and um, has been in a bunch of other stuff. Uh, But there's one scene with Malcolm McDowell where like the set actually looks like a real set. And it's like lit kind of interestingly. I was like, oh, somebody came to work that day and was like, I need to impress Malcolm McDowell. That's what's happening. Exactly. That's what's yeah. happening here. Yeah, I, I think um, that was one of the, the interesting parts about The Last of Us is that they really did so much production work in terms of uh, actualizing the, the game world. They, they created the whole town just for that Bill and Frank episode. Uh, they converted an entire abandoned mall into a one-story mall into a two-story mall with 3D effects. Um, but it felt very real. They used a real giraffe for the, for, uh, for for a giraffe scene. Uh, so there there was a huge appreciation for this mixture of like practical and three D effects to just make it really sing. Um, and I think I think people really appreciated uh, the the kind of work, the amount of work and care that went into every little detail in the show. Yeah. You know, thinking back to The Last of Us and the kind of more linear, some of the more linear games um, that are uh, that are out there and just ripe for for uh, adaptation and exploitation. Like, I have always thought it was slightly weird to say, like, oh, well, you can never have a good video game movie because I, 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 I don't know, man. Like, there's there's nothing stopping your average zombie game from being turned into an exciting action movie like God of War. Uh, you know, and and God of War Ragnarok, like those are those are big epic fantasy storytelling situations. I don't see any reason why you can't take that material and drill it down to its essence and and uh, yeah, God of War gonna be an Amazon show, right? Right. So, like, I just, I just, I've never, I've always, I've always been, I don't know, I like, I don't, video games don't need me to defend them, but I've always been, you know, kind of uh, put off by some of the snobbishness about it. What should studio heads be looking for right now? What should what should they be out there saying, okay, here's the next thing that we can we can really uh, adapt and exploit. I think I think they're already doing that. I think uh, there are so many there are so many video game shows that are being planned right now. Uh it's really kind of ridiculous. Uh we already mentioned God of War and I, I think the the showrunners there said that they they do feel some kind of pressure after The Last of Us to kind of really deliver and god of war is a very uh you know it's probably closer to to thor the thor movies in terms of like like, like presentation and 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 uh special effects so that, that'll be very expensive and we'll see how much amazon is, is willing to spend after uh the rings of power uh, uh show which i yeah. i absolutely hated i'm sorry i'm sorry oh, really yeah i'm sorry did you watch them i did i i found it i was it was it was very watchable that that's as much, that's as 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 uh, strong as I'm willing to go on those shows. It it was watch it was watchable, and but God of War doesn't can't not be just fine. You know, like like people will trash if if they screw up, especially since so much of God of War is already kind of written out. So I think studios are will be kind of looking for games that are that are already kind of written out. Um, the Last of Us uh, being probably the the prime example uh, uh, because The Last of Us inspired the God of War. Uh, to kind of in his presentation, a lot of PlayStation games are are, are going to be doing that because PlayStation, in particular, uh, focuses on creating these very cinematic experiences, uh, these cinematic linear experiences. And uh, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan has t- told me years ago that they they've been working on trying to make the IP 
work harder for for the company, um, and that's something that Mar that Nintendo has able 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 to do. You know, the the love for Mario is multi generational. You know, and that's that, and that's something that is highly desired among video game companies right now, and nobody really has it. You know, the Xbox uh, tried to do it with Halo, and they've kind of failed at at retaining the audience. And PlayStation hasn't really done a ton of work in the past, uh, 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 not until the last ten years, uh, to kind of cater and build this loyal audience that, that would be comf- parents and their children would like it too. You know, and part of the problem is that PlayStation is a lot of PlayStation games are very adult games, and Nintendo games are very family family oriented. So that's why it's able to be easily multi generational. But uh, yeah. PlayStation does have a vested interest in. Translating, you know, translating so many, so many of his games. Like, uh, there was a game called Ghost of Tsushima, which was a samurai game, very inspired by uh, Akira Kurosawa films. And I didn't think that they did a good job in mimicking uh, the Kurosawa films, uh, but you know that that was their intent. And now they want to make that into, uh, I think, a movie or a TV show. I forget, but it's like, you know, so sometimes there, I, I I don't really see the point because some of these are just so inspired by. The thing that 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 already exists, you know, like Uncharted doesn't make sense because we already have so many Indiana Jones movies and they're all amazing, right. you know, or most of them, you know. And Uncharted, there's nothing about Uncharted that is charismatic enough to translate well to a film, uh, but it plays amazingly as a game. It's a thrill ride as a game. Uh, but I don't feel like that the characters of Uncharted are unique and charismatic enough to carry an entire like film franchise. Um, That's actually a really interesting point too to think about because like uh, you know uh, you have you have so many of these you have so many video games that are kind of disguised knockoffs of something on TV or, or a movie, and then refracting that back to TV and movie, it's like a photocopy of a photocopy. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very strange. So that's why The Last of Us is at least a little bit unique. Uh, yeah, obviously it's another, it's another zombie show, but, you know, uh, it's focused on the intense emotionality of the characters, and Joel himself and Ellie are, are, not, are not really characters that you see a lot in TV, even in, uh, even in The Walking Dead. Uh, so that translated well. I think God of War would probably translate pretty well too. Um, you know, there's not a lot of shows about gods who murdered the, the entire pantheon of Greek mythology. You know, uh, so that would be a lot of fun to watch. It would be very, it'll be very violent, but you know, uh, it's a pretty compelling story. But you know, uh, all right. I always like to ask at the end of these uh, interviews if there's anything I should have asked. What do you think folks should know about the state of video game adaptations? What do you think uh, folks at the studio should know about video games? Um, what what should uh, what should uh, people know that I have failed to ask? No, I think you covered it all. But I think really uh, what The Last of Us really has. You're right again that The Last of Us is an inflection point where a lot of people will be like, "Let's look at this. Let's 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 reevaluate what we're doing." And see what, what what we could do to kind of mirror the success, because I think a lot of studios are now, again, under that pressure to to create. You know, so many TV shows come out. There's the Fallout TV show. Fallout is a series about uh, post apocalyptic uh, post apocalyptic world that ended in the 1950s. So culture has been kind of an, an arrested development uh, within 1950s pop culture. And like like that kind of thinking, and that's always fascinating to see how America is reflected in in the post apocalypse, but still in when when quote unquote America was great again, you know, uh, back then. Um, and uh, what else is there? I don't know. There's so there, there there's like literally like there, there, there's Bioshock, 
which yeah. is uh, famously uh, a counter argument for Ayn Rand's uh, uh, books, uh, particularly Atlas Shrugged. So that would be an interesting film or show to see in terms of how how political they 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 decide to make it. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's just so much, and I think a lot of people are going to be looking at like what The Last of Us did, and I think I think you're going to see a lot of shows that he pretty close to he pretty close to the games from now on. I do wonder if it, if you know this will be a TV mostly phenomenon because you know these games we're we're talking about games that run 20, 30, 40 hours in some cases just to get through the the main the main storyline so like uh, distilling all that down to a 2 or 2 and a half hour movie is is tricky. Yeah, I think that's what that, that's one thing that the Halo show got right and also obviously the Last of Us is that like T- the TV format is a lot more similar to video games. Uh, it, you know, video games are like books. You know, like you can't really, you can't really sum up a whole book in terms. You know, Lord of the Rings was three movies, and but but they they cut out like sixty percent. You know, of of those sure. books. You know, um, and so I do think that like if you do want to s- stay close, then it's gonna it's it's gonna have to be more episodic content versus a film that tries to capture the spirit of, of a 40-hour experience or an entire trilogy of games or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. But it's it's been interesting to see, like, like, like book adaptations to comic book adaptations to now video game adaptations. And so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But I definitely do think that we're... We, I think you're right in that we are in the, the kind of... The, 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 the beginning of some kind of video game multi-transmedia... Uh, 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 success and video games have been trying to do that for some time now you know uh, uh, the Final Fantasy series in Japan uh, has famously and was pretty ahead of its time in terms of trying to tell transmedia stories uh, transmedia as in like cross media uh, and uh, so they, they would have a movie that would tie into the game and it's like you have to watch the movie to tie into the game and it's like that wasn't really successful mostly because the movies are pretty, were pretty bad again um, and it made the games feel like an empty experience so I, but I did, you know, and then, but you, you see what happened with Cyberpunk and with Netflix and uh, that told an entirely new story that was energizing and uh, it made the world seem fun. And then Cyberpunk sales went up and you see that again with The Last of Us where a lot of people were like, oh, I kind of want to play the, the video game version of this and, and it, the, the sales went up too. So I think, again, like it's, it's about making sure that it captures the vibe of the game. So if you want to go back to the game, you're like, oh, this feels this kind of feels like the show, too. You know, it, it needs to be a, definitely be kind of a companion piece together for this kind of transmedia success to, to be achieved. Well, and if you go back to you go back to 2002, 2003, right, there was uh, the, the Matrix video game that came mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the Matrix. In between, yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that came out in between uh, Reloaded and Revolutions, and that was uh, written by the, the the Wachowskis, and you know it was it was canon. You know, uh, Jada Jada Pinkett Smith's character was if you want to understand what the hell she was doing in Reloaded and Revolutions, you have to play the game to do that, and that that was an interesting experience too. And again, yeah, that was way the, the Matrix trilogy in general was just way ahead of his time in, in so many different things. They had an MMO that was also canon too like like you know morpheus dies in the mmo and then like 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 the new movie matrix 4 i already forget the name of matrix 4 but like matrix uh resurrections resurrections yeah there you go all these rewords or whatever uh resurrections referenced the the what happened in the mmo you know which is which is which was an incredible little easter egg so you know know. and the animatrix you know and the animatrix too yeah 
That's right. All formats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, um, they did everything, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's taken a while for for video game companies to kind of get that too. And I think it's starting to happen um, with Cyberpunk, The Witcher as well, uh, also by CD CD Projekt Red. I'm trying to pronounce that right in 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 Polish, uh, but uh, you know, uh, CDPR has success with The Witcher series. Uh, the, the Witcher series now is kind of like. Not really, not doing great right now. But like when it initially launched, it was a huge success for the game, and it, it it resulted in further game sales. And this was an old game. This is a game that came out in 2015. You know, selling well yeah. in 2019. So again, like so many people will be looking at this. Like, how can we do that? How can we continue the 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 the, the, the sales life of a game after it's come out? You know. Have you seen uh, have you seen the sales figures on The Last of Us? Has that seen a big spike? Uh, uh, I haven't. Uh, they haven't released any numbers, but uh, it has been topping the, the PlayStation charts in the past weeks. So it is like the number one like PS4 game, like PS5 game. Uh, people are definitely buying it. So I don't know if it's been like a massive, massive success, but it's definitely movie units, and that's what that's what you want. You know, like like they they want you to buy the game. You know, Neil Druckmann, the the, the series creator. Uh, Craig was like, uh, maybe you don't need to buy the game. He's like, no, 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 please buy the game. <laughs> uh, they want you to buy the game. They want the the, the, yeah. the the show is made for you to buy the game. And the PC release of of The Last of Us coming out today, um, and you know it, it it might not have been time to be the, at the end of the show, but it's perfect timing. And you know I'm sure that a lot of PC players who had never played the game before but watch the show will be like, yeah, I should check this out. Uh, all right, Gene, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll get you we'll get you back on here next year once uh, the the video game boom is in full swing and everybody is breaking blockbuster records and everything we'll see we'll see how it goes Mario Mania from here on out that's, that, 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 Mario that's, that's that movie's gonna make I, I, I'm taking my kids it's the first time they've been in a theater in three months they're so excited um, uh, alright uh, I'm Sonny Bunch I'm culture editor at the Bulwark uh, I'm very pleased uh, that you all hang are hanging out with me and Gene today uh, I'll be back next week with another episode we'll see you guys then mm-hmm.